They played together in the third period in game five. Petrangelo with time, shoots, scores! Just 63 seconds in! Now, Pareko with a shot. That knocks down Bishop. He lost the stick, he's down, and the Blues score! Alexander Steen with Bishop down, 3-1 St. Louis. Sammy Blay tees one up and scores! Wow. In honor of Jack Buck, who was the St. Louis Blues play-by-play -play announcer, their first two seasons, 67, 68, and 68, 69, we will see you Tuesday night. This life is more than ordinary. Can I get you maybe even three of these? Coming from a space to teach you what the pleadies. Can't stop the spirits when they need you. This life is more than just a read through. What's up, everything? We're back. It is Monday, May 6th. May the 6th be with you. <laughs> you had it in the can. I'm so proud. Uh, we are coming to you from our 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 wet studios in Newtown and St. Charles. <laughs> the water is encroaching fast. <laughs> with all due respect to any of you that might live in Newtown, you live in a garbage community. <laughs> a garbage Stepford Wives yeah. community. You know like when you have a trailer park and then you constantly hit by tornadoes like ten times a year? That's God telling you to get the fuck out. <laughs> So if you live in Newtown and it's flooding, it's because your community is an affront to the Lord. <laughs> your weird radio spire, you didn't make enough sacrifices in front of it this the year. church and the steeple and there's all the people. <laughs> Having an orgy. <laughs> we and know what Newtown is. We, we know, We've folks. We've pierced the veil. We are aware. Check in into our off-season for deeper dives into the Newtown New scandal. The secret. <laughs> Life of Newtown, coming to you from the Two Guys No Cup podcast this summer. Now that we've alienated any of our audience who happens to live in Newtown or I've trailer learned, parks. I've learned a lot of people do live in Newtown. A lot, a lot of people I work with live community. in Newtown. Well, I sure hope they didn't listen to this. Welcome back, <laughs> Sally. Sally seems like a Newtown name. Mm. Uh, we are here to discuss the Blues winning game six. Is that Against I, all odds. Uh, which is just, they just won a hockey game. One of two that they have to win. And it still seems like they've done a seismic accomplishment. Yeah. I, it made me so disappointed when the game ended and I was like, oh my god, there is another one. I mean, I was excited, but also very oh, scared. Oh, so terrified. Well, I wrote an article building off the notes that you made for us about the game six oh, yeah, recently. Yeah. And, like, you said all this to me, but looking at them, 
oh, they were so, 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 so bad. Mm. And I saw it coming again when it was like 1-1 super late in the second, and we'll get there, obviously. But I saw it coming again where I was like, this is that like that Chicago one where it's 1-1 mm-hmm. in to the third, and then it just ends 4-1 Chicago, and you're just like, huh. (laughs) And so I had it, I scripted it, uh, but it was not to be Colton Pareko, the god of thunder bombs, struck down Ben Bishop, Mm -hmm. and the rest was history. Why don't we... Newtown could learn a thing or two. (laughs) This is just going to be filled with Newtown barbs. Yeah, Um, Newtown did something to me. (laughs) And now it's going to get smacked. You're going to have to come to the series in the summer to find out more, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't we go ahead and get into it three minutes into our hockey podcast and discuss some hockey. Uh, We can start from the top. You did not see the first period, correct? Correct. Because you were moving things. Mm -hmm. But... Um, you were moving to Newtown. <laughs> I know, Newtown fucked me again. <laughs> but the blues felt different right off the hop, and I was like, mmm, this feels different. And then <laughs> they scored, and that was very unexpected. 63 seconds into the game, Alex Petrangelo scores his second goal of the postseason, assisted by Joel Edmondson, who was briefly Sammy Blay, because apparently the scorer in Dallas can't tell the difference between a nine and a six, which I wouldn't put it past him. The Dallas community, as we will discuss, does not seem overly intelligent. (laughs) But we're just daggering people tonight. We're full of the St. Louis is the only safe city. (laughs) Jaden Schwartz got the other assist. I honestly felt this one coming the way we started this game. That's how hot we looked. And Tarasenko got it in the crease and made a nice pass to Shin, who shot it hard enough that the net, like, Bishop backed up and he knocked the net ajar but not off its moorings. And Shin fought for it behind, dropped the pass to Schwartz, who dropped the pass to Eddie, who was not Sammy Blay. We'll discuss him later. But again, not Sammy Blay. <laughs> a six is one thing, a nine is another, and together they are nice. Mm. So Eddie hit <laughs> a long pass to Petrangelo at the point, who had miles of space. He worked his way to a shooting position, still unopposed, shot and scored. Shin screened Bishop in front and hopped over the shot that goes low left. I love the hockey hops. I love them very much. Mm. It scares me to death that they could ever land and not just shatter an ankle. You're jumping on the blade of a knife. They sure do it. Uh, one nothing Blues, you got the scoring update, I assume, at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, You maybe saw it in a text message. How were you feeling? Uh, I did, honestly, the first goal, I was happy. It didn't do anything for me beyond a little spurt of happiness. The only thing is, if it had been a Stars goal, you would have just oh. been like, oh, so... No, yeah, I'm very I pessimistic. <laughs> well, what did you say last episode, that we were like, in the series we would have been like four, or like the team that scored first? I think it's now five and one. Okay. Big... Big stakes for tomorrow. Big if tomorrow. Big mood. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a momentous goal. The problem is, typical of the Blues, they score an early goal, and then they play their worst hockey of the game. And for about ten minutes, they were just kind of blah. And I was just like, why? Why can't you just... 
do the thing you did in Game 7 in Dallas two years ago, or three years ago now, and just stomp on the pedal, but they didn't do it. Uh, they did get a power play. It looked okay, but it didn't defer- convert. The highlight of it was a Thomas uh, sexy one-time pass. What a kid. What a kid that mm. guy is. Mm. So beautiful. Maybe a little more ice time would behoove him. Maybe, maybe. What a what a novel idea that is. What a, <laughs> what a idea it would be to play one of your best players all series for more than ten minutes. Uh, the Dallas Stars. <laughs> my brain broke. Got a power play on a slash by Vince Dunn on Miro Heiskanen. Heiskanen because he couldn't keep up because Vince Dunn is. Very fast, but Miro Haskinen is very, very fast, and maybe Vince Dunn was also tired. On the ensuing power play, Tyler Sagan scored his fourth goal of the playoffs. Not good enough, quite frankly. Not even good enough. Mm. Uh, assisted by Matt, so don't take that as a license to go off tomorrow, Tyler. I'm watching you. <laughs> assisted by Matt Zuccarello and Jamie Venn, who have a combined 15 assists. Klingberg skates along the boards. Pass for Ben, who switched the play to Zuccarello. Blues defense chased. Sagan is now unguarded along the boards where Klingberg just was and skates to the crease. Zuccarello finds him with the pass. He shoots the one-timer, and it trickles five-hole on Bennington. He definitely should have had it, but granted, one that never should have gotten to him in the first place. Um, did you see this goal? Have you watched this no, one back? No, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't. Puck watching. It's the classic Blues Whenever their penalty goal goes wrong, it's like, oh, the puck just got passed over there. We'd better all go there, too. Great. And that's how it always goes. That was not the worst case of puck watching tonight, as I think we'll see visually. Oh, maybe I didn't put I the I think I had in. the radio on at the time, uh-huh. and I switched to a different channel because it had gone to commercial, and they are playing Victorious by Panic at the Disco. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I like this song. And I switched back, and it was 1-1. One, one. Oh, I, <laughs> I thought like, you heard, switched great. back and heard Victorious, and you were like, yay. And then you were like, it's in Dallas. <laughs> I did hear their fans cheering, and I was like, wow, shit. Terrific. Uh, there was uh, a couple of highlights here. Uh, there was a great back check by Vladdy uh, to catch Dickinson at one point. They really lauded on the broadcast how hard he was working. Uh, there was a big hit by Sammy Blay on Jamie Benn, one of nine. Mm-hmm. Nine he would have in this game. Also called it. Not the only thing I'd call for Sammy Blay. Listen, when you call it like that, I'm taking the victory lap. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. Nostradamus. So, uh, he hit Jamie Vin, arguably like a truck, which is what I said he would do. But, you know, the truck <laughs> truck metaphor, truck, you can take it train. or leave it. But in any case, uh, there, after this, Radulov tripped O'Reilly for real, and the Blues uh, went to the power play, and then Shin tripped Sagan for pretends after falling down himself. Uh, but the ref called it and killed our power play six seconds in. Later, Como trip done, and we went to the power play again, and it looked crappy. Maroon lost his balance and fell over on Bishop, and they called that a penalty, which was even it was better and worse than the shin call, because at least the shin call, it's like, okay, if you didn't see it, the guy did just fall over. It looks like a trip. But if the Maroon call, it was like, that's just a weak-ass call for goaltender interference. I mean, it is a call, but it's a weak-ass call. So they canceled two of our power plays. So the 0 for 4 on power play, a little misleading, especially with the one six-second power play, but not True. an excuse. Uh, that, they seem to call an awful lot in that first period. It was like six or seven different penalty calls. Yeah, they... 
And that's not what you want in the, like in a, anywhere in the playoffs, but most certainly not in an elimination yeah, game. Yeah, I tweeted about going logic in the playoffs is bury the whistle and let them play. And these guys said, nope, this is our show. Let's make it all about us. And they really did. And, and that would not be the biggest role the referees would play in this game. Uh, but it really, I mean, it killed the momentum of the Blues a couple of times. And it brought us to the first intermission tied at one Um any thoughts on the first period or any of that that I just talked about? I just didn't want more more penalties either way. Yeah. Their power play seems to be very good, at least by comparison to ours, but that could be anyone's power play. <laughs> and our power play looks awful, and it's one of those things I wish we'd almost decline because it seems like their team feeds off of our power play more than we do, mm-hmm. and it's very scary. It's true. Um the second period, both teams looked flat as hell for the first half or so of the second period. Um, just not a lot of energy, which is weird for a game six with elimination on the line. But, um, you know. You know. You're human. You got you to rest up. I guess so. Uh, Tarasenko had one even strength goal in the playoffs up until this point. They made a stat. He still does not. So this is even worse. Um in the regular season, he had one every 56 minutes of ice time. So far in the playoffs, he has one for 176 minutes of ice time at that point halfway through the second. So you're looking at more like 185 maybe or so. Uh, let's get some even strength so, goals in Game 7, Vladimir. So he needs to be better, yeah. Um, I saw him trying to do his drop shoulder move a bunch this game, and it was not working. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he's trying, but like it seems like their entire team their entire defensive core learned like oh i'll just take the extra step with them well, and he's not going to get around me i wonder about a guy like tarasenko if it doesn't behoove him to play these series in his own division because i don't think he's the most creative scorer like he's not the mitch marner that no, can just right. make mm-hmm. something out of nothing i mean i know o'reilly said exactly those words about him at one point but that's more of a nicety. He tends to. I mean, he can occasionally, but he tends to have kind of formulas mm-hmm. that he sticks by. And unlike Ovechkin, who's just a god and is playing on a better team and better unit, arguably, and so makes these plays happen, um, they don't always come off for Tarasenko. So I wonder if that's a guy, and I'm not saying we even get that far, but if we move into the next round or even the round after that and we play some teams we've seen less often, I wonder if he kind of gets a better opportunity to shine because Maybe. they're less used to what he does. I would like to see him change it up a bit. I don't know what that is. But I mean, yeah. it was nice to see him on his natural side on the power play that one time, and mm-hmm. it worked really well. I don't know if I haven't. I think they kept him there yeah, at least I to start really the game. I haven't paid attention if they moved him or not, but that was a nice play. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's frustrating with him because unless he's really on fire, he can tend to be pretty inconsistent, and that's just always a little annoying. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a phenomenal player, but you can always get a little upset if he hasn't scored in the last three or four games. For sure. Uh, by about halfway through this period, I was I entered the game pretty confident. I had kind of thought, you know what, we haven't we've lost three games in a row as bad as we were at one point. We've lost three games in a row three times this season. None of them with Bennington starting more than one of those games. He lost one. We lost three in March when he started between two Allen starts. I don't know if that's when they sat him because of his attitude. I think it might have been. Oh yeah. Um, but remember that? Doesn't that seem like 
decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah, barely I, remember. I just kind of thought at the start of the game, I was like, I don't know, maybe we just don't lose tonight. And then by this point, I was like, oh, yeah, this is it was when I'd started to think the Chicago thing. And I was like, oh, this is the one where, like, we had our chances. Yeah. And then they bury one and then they get like a quick second one. And then it's just over the mental cracks. And um, there, but for the grace of David Perron, might we have gone. But David Perron scored his third of the playoffs, showing up from a brief spell on the disappeared list coming through I don't know I'm not gonna say it I was gonna do an Avengers reference but I don't know if we're in spoiler territory Mm. it's coming folks though so be careful if you ain't seen it by the end of the week God God save you (laughs) Um, but in any case he scored his third of the period or third of the playoffs Sunquist got an assist and Ivan Barbashev three players that we really needed some relief and some help from That's true. gave us the relief and the help uh, especially De- David Perron and even Carl Gunnarsson had the th- tertiary assist on this um, the intangible assist <laughs> no points for that one he had a pass from deep Barbashev tipped it to the boards at center ice and Sunquist chased it in he skated in along the wall Four stars, including counting four stars, namely <laughs> Lindell, Hintz, Zuccarello, and Klingberg, are just puck watching. And Perron on the back door, uh, Sunquist finds him for the feed, and he bangs it beyond Klingberg and Bishop. I'm going to see if I can get this picture in here of how criminally these stars were puck watching because I did screenshot it. Uh, I, but I got to you- say, yeah, I saw this goal. And I was just telling my girlfriend right before this, the stars tried like at least two backdoor feeds, uh-huh. and they almost got, went in. It was just like oh. they missed them twice. And I was telling her, I was like, "See, the problem with the blues is they never. I mean, they do sometimes, but I'm like, they never try this shit. They never backdoor it, and it's because we're always playing real defensively, or we just don't have people we trust to be fast enough uh-huh. to be on the backdoor and then up ice if they miss." And, like, ten seconds later, they scored, and I was like, see, that's all they got to do. <laughs> I was really afraid that he, uh, that Perron almost put it to the other side of the net, because it just got inside the post, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, no, did he miss? Yeah. It's not, yeah, it was not a pretty goal, but I don't know if you can see that picture, since mm-hmm. it's kind of small. But all four of those heads are just straight at Sunquist. I know. I mean, even the fact that, like, who is that, Barbashev? Mm-hmm. Like, not a single person is staring at Barbashev either who's closer to them than at least Piran is. Mm-hmm. At least they might con- contend, like, we lost Piran. Barbashev just passed to Sunquist, and none of them are looking at Barbashev yeah. anymore. Strange defensive breakdown, one of the few, really, for the stars of the series. Mm-hmm. And it gives us a lead going into the third period, which feels good, but not... Oh, but so scary. 2-1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can say this about pretty much any lead, but, Stephen, the one-goal lead is the worst lead in hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Followed by and equal to the two-goal lead and At the three-goal lead. And the three-goal lead, indeed. Uh, then the third period went off the rails. It gives us a lot to talk about, which oh, is fun. yeah. Uh, so the first play here we'll talk about Bishop... At one point in the third period, got quipped by a stick, which might have even been Lindell's, who, by the way, I've never gone from having no opinion about a player to hating a player as quickly as I have with Essa Lindell. So there you go. Congrats, Essa. Uh, but 
Bishop went down like he'd been shot oh, by a friggin' cannon. What you just said about Esselindel is how I feel about Ben Bishop. Oh, same, yeah. same. Although with him, I went from having yeah, a very I, high opinion yeah. on him to thinking he's a scumbag. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, we're talking about him now, but we'll go into detail <laughs> on him in a little bit. Um, by the time the puck got to the other end, like when the puck left the zone... He was on the ground, like, clutching his skull like he'd been mm-hmm. brutally damaged. A skate... A, now, listen, I know sticks have sharp blades, fairly sharp blades at the end. But helmets also have a back to them. Goalie helmets. Did it not even hit the top? I thought it hit the top. Maybe it did. Either way, yeah. there's padding all over that damn thing. I you mean, get hit by a puck sometimes in the face and they shake it off relatively yeah, easily. and... I was just, I mean, it was clearly not anything that hurt him that bad. And, and it was borne out by the fact that when the puck got back down there 15 seconds later, he was perfectly all right to play it and continue playing the game. Um, he even came out to meet it. You know, I think it was mm-hmm. one of those plays. And it's just like, this. how many times did this do freaking dive this series? And I think it comes back to yeah. haunt him oh, here. Oh, it for sure second. does. So we'll get to that first. I think this is we can't overlook this because if if especially if we go on to win the series, this is kind of the moment where the whole thing turned because Haskin had had a wide open wraparound feed, and granted he was trying to get it in from his backhand. Mm-hmm. It was a high difficulty chance, but it was wide open, and he shouldn't miss it. I mean, no professional player yeah. should have missed it, and he just couldn't jam it in, and I can't remember if it hit the post or if he didn't get enough of it or somebody got to him, but it was not a play where he was prevented by one of our yeah. players for sure. That was Bennington's biggest detractor, Yeah, his lateral movement on yeah. the wraparound. He, when he's on a side, he is on that side. Yeah, he does not. That I've noticed that a lot. He really struggles getting from side to side, yeah. which... Would be a big thing, except he's really great at everything else, so it hasn't been him he has as much. Long enough legs too that generally, if it's not someone trying to wrap around, yeah, he can get to the other side for like a cross crease pass right. sort of thing. But if it's like committing to a guy that has the puck and now he's at a ninety and behind you, he's like, yeah. it takes a long time to put in reverse. And he really he has that reverse uh, VH, which is the where you keep your shoulder against the bar Mm -hmm. on the side that you're guarding and your pad on that side is like parallel to the ice rather Mm -hmm. than up and down along the post and he and pang has talked about before how he hates that style because he just feels like if you've got your one pad tight to the post yeah a lot less there's a lot less space but bennington keeps that tight man and that was always one of alan's weaknesses is keeping that little bit of space and Bennington very clearly locks that side down, and you could almost see him like, you, you, it's a wonder that the po- the post doesn't get dislodged at points because he's like leaning on that thing. Um, but in any case, that puck didn't go in, and then I don't know if it was immediately on the next rush, but it wasn't very long thereafter uh, that the ensuing Blues goal happened. So uh, you all probably have seen this goal and know very well what happened, but the the short version is that uh, on a on a bit of a bit of extended zone time, Sunquist fought for a puck behind the net, and he found Pareko and made uh, a brilliant pass back to the point. Pareko is getting better at this, I feel like, in the playoffs, but fires his shot because he has a lane, 
um, and he hits Bishop in the throat, neck, shoulder area. Mm-hmm. Probably the collarbone is what yep. I've heard the most. Uh, but up in that, and you can imagine a Colton Pareko slap shot in that area, not a ton of padding right along here, along the actual collarbone. That is going to hurt like hell. I'm, yeah. I'm not denying that. Once again, Bishop hits the ice like a ton of bricks, and he's down. I mean, he's down in, like, the, the mummy pose. He's just down. Mm-hmm. And and um, Steen gets to the puck. He finds the aerial puck and settles it, and he knows Bishop is down, and he kind of fires it on net, and Schwartz tips it in, in midair, and it goes into the empty net, uh, which... You know, they don't usually capitalize on a goalie who is down and out to begin with. That's one of our constant uh, complaints about this team. So they did it. They beat a down and out (laughs) goalie. Uh, But what started there was the controversy because there's a player that looks like he's dead on the ice Mm. and the play didn't stop and a goal was scored. And more than anything, it's a player... A, a goaltender who looks like he's dead on the ice. Yeah, my initial reaction was they'll wave this off. Yeah. I was pissed that they were going to wave it off, but <laughs> I was like, well, they're going to wave it off. I'm sure they will. And when they pointed at the goal, because there was enough of a little gap between when Bishop went down and the goal was scored and the ref skated behind the net and pointed at it before waving it off. And I was like, all right, I guess it's a goal, but I'm like, I'm sure they'll review it. I'm sure they'll look at it some more. At first, I didn't see that it was the Pareko shot that sent Bishop down. Uh-huh. I think someone was going right by Bishop right when the shot hit him, so I thought maybe someone hit him in the head with an elbow or tripped him up or something. But, yeah, it's a hell of a shot to take down take down a goalie that hard. Like you said, very little padding up there. Uh, I was just happy that it was a goal, but you're right. There was a lot of controversy that went into this call. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of reads you can have on this. I want to read the rules first, but I didn't end up putting the whole rule in here. So let me find the full rule. It's just 8.1. It's uh, not like 8.1-A63 no. or some weird sub-rule. No, it's actually very straightforward, and I'm surprised it was that high on the list. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know intrinsically if you're a hockey fan that players who are injured on the ice don't usually get the benefit of the doubt until um, their player possesses the puck. And as it says in Rule 8.1, when a player is injured so that he cannot continue play or go to his bench, the play shall not be stopped until the injured player's team has secured control of the puck. And then later it says... um, in the case where it is obvious that a player has sustained a serious injury, the referee and or linesman may stop the play immediately. So that's where the discretion element is. Kerry yeah. Frazier, longtime NHL ref, explains, Honestly, this wasn't a bang-bang play uh, on shot and rebound into the net when Bishop hit on the collarbone. Ref's discretion based on seriousness of potential injury could have killed the play when Puck was loose up high until St. Louis regained possession. With Bishop Bishop still down, whistle question mark? And then he replies to someone else and says, Stan, I know the rules that quoted that quoted 
very well, that you quoted very well, I guess. Typically applied to a skater, a goalie has provided some extra measures of protection, the point you and obviously NBC is missing, that in the case of serious injury, play can be stopped immediately. Common sense application on goalie and then he goes on so if ben bishop's mask came off or if he flipped it down flipped it off the whistle could have been blown with him down in obvious pain and unable to get up to defend his net absurd assumption and application of the playing rules or playing protection nbc was fed fake news (laughs) oh shit um and then he keeps yelling (laughs) <laughs> about things, and then Greg Wachinski says, Stars fan is that it appears Kerry Frazier agrees with you while also omitting the incredible double standard for goalies that isn't in the rule book, uh, but officiated as such, like QBs in the NHL. And he says, Hey, Greg, if you haven't recognized the special protection or, as you stated, double standard for goalies, yet I hate to be the one to break the news to you. Endangered Species Act. This man is strange. Um, you, finally, I mean, Twitter went. Twitter <laughs> went to a man being angry, and then two people speaking oddly to each other. Sounds like Twitter encapsulated in one thread. I agree. Greg Rosinski replied, "Ha ha! Oh, I've noticed it, Carrie. I think we all have." He says, "By the way, I love your stuff. You are a great agitator. The king I love to deal with. The kind." He said, "King," but I think he meant kind. I love to deal with throughout my career. Keep it up, and your elbows up in the corner. LOL. And then he says, "Last point from an officiating mind: future potential injury with Bishop down in back of legs, head, neck, head, and unable to pretend protect himself." let alone his net, a slap shot strikes him in vulnerable spot, resulting in debilitating injury, or worse, what will we be talking about? No whistle. So Kerry Fraser, very much of the mind that the play should have been stopped. NBC uh, Net Sports Network, surprisingly, not of the mind that the play should have been shot, stopped. Here's Keith Jones. The official did a fabulous job on this call. He has to decide in a split second whether or not Bishop is seriously injured. In the referee's mind, watch him. He's staring right at him. He felt like he was not. And because St. Louis continues to possess the puck, he does not have to blow his whistle, so he did not. The official determines that he is not seriously injured, so until Dallas possesses the puck, he does not have to blow his whistle. He made the right decision in this case. Unfortunately, Bishop is hurt by the shot, but not seriously enough for the official to blow the whistle. Uh, Pareko said, it was great pass out front by Sonny. Just saw a lane, so I tried to fire one. Just tried to shoot to score, and I clipped him a little high, I guess. Obviously, when you're right there in the slot, you're going to shoot to score. I'm never out there to hurt nobody, and obviously, hopefully, he's okay. Ain't now, out there heard to hurt this. nobody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've heard all this. You saw the play, presumably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were watching by this point. What do you think? I said a lot of words. Yeah, that's a good goal. Um... I think it's unfortunate. That's how I want to describe it if I was... I was trying to see it from Dallas fans' perspective. I was like, if I see that's the rule, I'm angry that we got scored on. It's If I'm a Blues fan this happens to, I'm like, of course this happens because we're the St. Louis Blues and we're extremely unlucky. But, like, I don't it think... sucks, but it happened. And when people are saying, well, Bishop dove... I don't think he was. I don't think he was diving here. Now maybe he's down a little bit longer than he should have been, but I don't think the initial reaction's a dive. Maybe he can get up later. I don't know, but I think the initial hit most certainly human reaction. I don't think he gets any sort of whistle, and I think you were kind of alluding to this earlier because he has been diving. 
Yeah. I, I'm telling you, if you hadn't been diving this whole series, they probably blow that dead. They've blown that dead before. And you said, again, that there's discretionary, um, there's ruling within there. So there's a couple instances I saw on Reddit where people would say, well, you know, they don't blow the play dead until the, you know, injured team gains possession of the puck. And then people would post, well, wow, about these three YouTube clips of, you know, them blowing it dead before the injured player's team had gotten possession. I was like, yep, you're right. It's happened both ways, for sure. I think he gets that call if he's not diving. If he's not diving prior to this. Um, and, and so that's why I find it... Consistently. No, yeah. Throughout the, the whole series, series has been doing it. Has been hitting the ice like a ton of bricks for nothing. So with that alone makes me think this is a very justified goal, period. Mm. If you take that out and they say he never dove all series, they didn't blow it, he fell down... He's, we know without a shadow of a doubt he wasn't diving in this instance and everything. Unfortunate. Really unfortunate. It sucks. But it happened and it's part of the rules and it, it's it's fine. And of course, as a Blues fan, I'm in favor of it. But like I understand a Stars fan's frustration. Mm-hmm. But then I saw people going, well, they're not, you know, they're not looking out for player safety. And I was like, buddy, if that's your if that's your argument on this call, you got a whole I can show you about. 50-plus other scenarios not involving the goalie in which the NHL is not looking out for player safety. Mm-hmm. If this is the spider web you want to weave, go for it. Oh this, ain't it this, ain't the, this ain't the time to start. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on that. First of all, I think, I think like you said, I think we're both in the mind where if this had happened to the Blues, mm. I would have been upset. But I don't think I would have felt like an injustice was done. And maybe I'm being a hypocrite. Maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. But I honestly think I realize, I would have realized, that as long as the Blues had possession of the puck, and it wasn't, you know, Kerry Fraser talked about it being a bang-bang thing, but it wasn't like we skated around with the puck for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. We got the puck down, the guy skated one half circle, shot it, and then it was redirected into the net. It was under three. It was probably, yeah, yeah, it was definitely under five. It was probably under three seconds between the injury and the um, ensuing goal. So I don't think that was a huge problem. Um, I think the moment Bishop goes down, you're screwing one team with either call. Like, there's no winning for the officials here. As much as the officials have, and believe me, we'll get to, still are screwing everything up in these post, in this postseason. There's no winning here. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a, there's theoretically a right call, although there really isn't that either. Yeah. There's just one team's going to get screwed. One team's not going to get screwed. Your best hope is that Dallas just gets the puck back. And that's the end of it. You blow the whistle and there's no harm done. That's not what happened. The Blues got the puck and shot it and scored. I think it is important to remember that at this point the Blues were already up 2-1 yeah. to one and immediately scored a fourth goal thereafter. Now you can argue that that doesn't happen if this goal doesn't happen and momentum and all that. I get it. But it's not like this sealed the fate of the Stars. Mm-hmm. They were already down 2-1. They were already behind. To be honest, I think this looked like one of their worst games this series. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they had two other losses, but I really thought, aside from that first period, from what you described to me, uh, these other two periods, not for them. Yeah, and it wasn't even like they looked that good in the first, for most of it, that we just kind of looked dead. I think 
Bishop didn't get the benefit of the doubt here, the same way Lindell didn't get the benefit of the doubt at the end of the first game where or third game, game, game where three, he go. Yeah. And I I think that's justice. And I don't I don't I don't think Bishop was diving here. I don't think he was faking. Especially the way he looked on the boy goal afterwards. But like I'm sorry, man, stop diving. Mm. Like you hit the ice and if if they had blown the whistle and you just popped up like you have ten other times this series, that would have looked pretty shitty too. Mm-hmm. So they made a call and you paid the price for being a shithead and diving all the time. If and you really want to commit to the diving, toss your helmet off. Yeah, that's all we had to do. Which seriously. is also pretty shitty, but yeah. It, but seriously, I mean like and also if you're seriously hurt and you're worried about yourself, take it off. Then mm-hmm. it's I don't know if that's a penalty or something if you intentionally do it, but I think either, it, I think that's probably discretionary too. I'm yeah, sure. Either way, the play's over. Yeah, and they have to blow the whistle. Yeah, and you can't blow the whistle every time the goalie goes down because, in the, like in that case especially, if if the opposing team just has really great possession, the first puck that hits my chest, I'm just gonna flop over. Yeah, and I'm like, I hope they call it. I couldn't corral it. I just hope they call it. And also, like. It may be hard to tell in a split second whether he's on the ice because he's hurt mm-hmm. or whether he's on the ice because he thinks the puck might be beneath him mm-hmm. because he wasn't in a pose all that different from the one goalies take all the time when they think the puck's in the crease and they don't know where it is. Yeah, and for how but, fast we score on him, you're the ref. you got to look at him. you got to look at the puck. You know, you, that dude's looking at the puck, too. It's like, all right, he's down, right? The puck's up, right? It's in. I mean, it's a goal, you yeah. know, I guess, because he didn't get up. I don't know. Yeah. It's that fast. I just think the argument for this not being a fair goal is pretty thin. I mean, legally, there's an argument within the rules, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone can say the Stars really got screwed here. Yeah. And the people who said, I'm one guy on Twitter, maybe he's the only guy. <laughs> he's never going to listen to this. The, the guy who said that this was poor sportsmanship on the part of the boys, <laughs> please yeah, well, frig off. Yeah. Please kick rocks. Because I just like, you're, the, the stars have been diving throughout this whole series. And I'm not saying the blues have had been picture perfect sportsmen either. David Braun tried to tomahawk Ben Bishop at one point. Ben Bishop then dove. But, you know, they're both bad. It's not about sportsmanship. Every hockey player in the world shoots that goal. Mm-hmm. There's no whistle. You play, There's you no play to the end of the whistle. You play to the whistle. It's a stupid argument. I'm not even going to engage with that argument anymore. Did, were there any point, more points about this that you thought needed to be discussed? Um, no, other than I think we already talked about it. But yeah, Ben Bishop, um, I don't like, there's players I don't particularly like on the stars, like Jamie Ben, but I think Ben Bishop somehow that I feel the same about all the stars from the beginning of the series to probably the end, except Ben Bishop. I've actively disliked Ben Bishop now. Mm. I'm like, wow, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought of all the people, you were going to be the one that was like, ah, he's all right. Yeah. And you're the one I like the least now. So good, good going, Chaminade, Smet. Which Chaminade, one do you go to? I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. You you got it, Chaminade. <laughs> Roasted, Chaminade. More like Chaminade. Nah. Going there. Chaminade. 
Uh, not a, not gonna, not gonna work here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Blues scored immediately thereafter. Um, thirty seconds later, thirty-three seconds later, on Sammy Boy's first career playoff goal and his first career playoff start, which I called, <laughs> assisted by Robert Thomas. This was a little bit of a weird one. Uh, in the zone, Sammy Boy uh, got. Went for a hit on Radulov, missed it, but uh, ring around the rosy, they both fell down. And then uh, Jamie Venn got it and mishandled it because maybe he had the bubonic plague. That's what that song's about. People, look it up. If you don't know, it's true. It's very dark. If you've been thinking that's an innocent little nursery rhyme, it ain't. I mean, Mm -hmm. you probably know by now, but. Look it up. Look up semi charm kind of life. That's that's happy <laughs> do, do, song, do, do, but do, 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 he does do, do, say do. crystal meth in the song. Yeah, it's true. It'll lift you up until you break. Uh huh. It's, it's as will the song itself. And Jamie Ben <laughs> was broken when he lost this puck, and O'Reilly saw it and break it, broke away with it. He chipped it up to Blay, who slowed down and slowed down and slowed down and fired a big winding slap shot, exactly what you want to do on the breakaway. But he scored. He fired it up high on the same side where. Bishop was just hurt, and he buries it. Uh, J- Cam Jansen says, I think greatness could be in store for Blay. He's big. He hits. He gets in there. He needs to work on his speed <laughs> a little bit. His quickness, his first three strides, just like everybody else go- does. But I like the kid. He's a good kid, and he battles. The Two Guys No Cup podcast said at 2.23 2, 2 p.m. Central Time on May 5th, spoiler alert, Sammy Blay is going to hit someone like a truck today. May even get his first NHL playoff goal, and it was. It came to be. Sammy Boy seals the deal for the Blues. The rest of the game passes without much incident. It was surprisingly non-chippy, particularly considering the Bishop injury. Um, but and then Hugh Dobin went in, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did chase. I mean, chase or just replace as a precaution. Bishop after that point chased him. You oh, yeah, got yeah. chased, Ben. I know you're listening. You nothing. You can't save anything. Let it all in in Game Seven. That's the power of the two guys. No cup podcast. Yeah. Let in the darkness. Hey. Let it in. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You know how this song goes. You'll be singing it <laughs> in your sleep on Tuesday I, night. I would cry so hard. If someone slappered one right around his neck again, <laughs> I'm not. I don't like oh, want it to happen, but I would be in tears if because then he could just do it. If a, I'm Craig Berube, yeah, uh, I'm telling Colton Pareko to fire shots oh, at yeah. that dude. You have to. Like this should be the highest shot game of Colton Pareko's career. He's getting better. Get in his friggin' head. Just do it. Just take your shot and do it. Mm-hmm. And. If you break, if you finish the job and break his shoulder off, great. <laughs> I'm sorry, <Finish>. like, <laughs> I want Craig Ruby to finish the job, finish Colton. You. I just like I don't I don't wish ill on Vin Bishop, but we gotta win this series. And if Vin Bishop has a stand on his head perform performance to win this thing, and people go all goo goo about how great he's been, I'm just gonna be like, no, but he's full of shit. It's like the Joe Thornton thing where it's like, no, he's a shitty person, and everyone like, real veteran, real true mm-hmm. hero of the league. Can't wait to see him lift the cup in the Boston Garden, and I'm like, fuck off with that shit. I hope David Backus lifts it and smashes it in his face. Oh, that'd be great. The nice thing about a potential Dallas Stars-San Jose matchup is that only one of those two shitters can move on. (laughs) Either Bishop or Thornton. That's so true. Um, I like to imagine it's a wrestling scene where Bacchus 
picks up the cup, and then it's just him and Thornton on camera, and he gets this faraway look in his eyes, and he, like, tosses the cup up and mm. over Thornton's head, and then the camera zooms out, and David Perron's behind him, and he catches it, and it smashes him in the back of the head. Oh. <laughs> wakey, wakey, bitch, and then that just <laughs> roll credits. <laughs> Uh, that's my dream scenario. If the Blues can't win the Stanley Cup this season, and if the Bruins or Sharks have to, let that be happening. <laughs> um... This game finished with 25 shots for the Blues, 23 for the Stars. Stars winning overwhelming amount of the face-offs at 62%. Got to not do that in Game 7, Yikes. preferably. Although I think, weirdly, like the games we've been worse on the face-off dot we've done better in, but that may be made up. Uh, we were 0 for 4 Don't on the power play, us. as we've already discussed. Some of that's a little slanted. Stars were 1 for 3. Hits were almost even 35 to 34. Yeesh. Good Lord, I'd say a third of those are probably play. Yeah, more than a fourth, because 9 times yeah, 4 yeah, is 36. Yeah. I'm good at math. 10 blocks to their 9, and 22 stars giveaways to our... 10. That could be something. This is great for the Blues. This is great for Tom Stillman, and the boys have confidence going into Tuesday night, which will be an absolute madhouse at Enterprise Center. And all our sponsors, says Cam Eugene Melnick Jansen. A verified, self-described fucking psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys want the biggest thrill of your life, watch Cam Jansen on the KSDK Post Game Show with Frank Cusimano and then just find his episode of Spit and Chicklets, which broke the record for Spit and Chicklets swear words, which I think he stole from Jordan Tutu. And just have yourself a delightful it's afternoon. It's so fun to listen to that, especially because he talks about when he has to be on radio or TV that he's like, I'm a fucking robot. Uh-huh. I got to make sure I'm not saying fuck all the time. And I'm like, yes, Frank, blue's good. And he's like, I got to really think about 10 words ahead of myself. And I love, like, it's so great, too, because I've never heard someone swear so very much without, like, an ounce of anger in his mm-hmm. body. It's not, there's no anger to it. It's just... It's just great. You can also find out about the story where I think he got drunk like the night before his NHL debut and Lou Lamorello called his <laughs> phone or something. I forget the details, yeah. but it's a laugh riot. Go find it. That's their best one, I think, It'll that be, I've listened to. Oh, it's one of, yeah, definitely out there. It'll be a great, uh, great detox from when we win Game 7. Maybe. Uh, We got some quotes. I'm going to read some quotes. There's a lot of words here. I'll see what I do read and what I don't read. (laughs) Pareko said a lot of the same stuff. I just think we play simple. We play a hard style on the road. We're not trying to do too much. We just play a North hockey game. It's hard to play against no matter what team it is, what players you have on the ice. When you play in the Ozone, you play North, it's effective. So we've got to stick with that and just keep pushing forward is that their system have you heard that they keep talking about if you believe in the system and we do uh-huh. good things happen and i was like is your system Trust like the yeah. process is it like the secret is it like what's your system it sounds like they're gonna sell me something system of a down like if you want to lose 30 pounds real quick try our nutrisystem oh boy uh, we just want to come out with a good effort. I thought we had a good effort in Game 5, but we just want to stick with it. Did they? 
I heard a couple of people say that, and I'm like, eh, maybe win it then if you're going to put up such a good effort. I know. It's always <laughs> like we didn't have the effort or our system when they lose. Yeah. And when they win, they go, it was the system, and we had the effort. And it's like, wow, well, it's weird how that works. Maybe. Obviously a do-or-die game for us today. I thought we had a really good start, and I loved our effort there at the end and the third, where we continued to push. That was huge for us. We didn't kind of sit back and try to hold on to a lead. We kept pushing, so game seven, it's going to be a bigger game. We're not we're gonna get their best we're gonna give our best it's kind of what we expected it's gonna be a good game these are the fun ones oh i guess he's been in a few of these actually i was like colton have you been in game seven yeah yes he was all them stats um sammy boy said a lot of stuff talking about playing his first game i just told my friends my family that i was probably going to be playing it was a great moment a great win for us tonight this kid speaks english very well oh, but he's got a very strong accent though. it's not as bad as really? you think i mean it's not great it still sounds he's like still david perron like foreign <laughs> i saw and some therefore bad <laughs> i saw a tweet and i wish it was our tweet and i wish i knew who tweeted it look it up um of someone that said Sammy Blay is Dimitri Askin with half the calories and less sugar or something like that. <laughs> something along those lines. I was like, yeah. Dimitri Askin zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the flavor, none of the sugar. That's what it was. <laughs> I love it. I was a little bit nervous at the beginning of the game, but I think it was, went pretty well. I'll say was playing with two great player. He did say player, not players, because uh-huh. those French Canadians, that's what they're real bad at is pluralization with the S. It's, it's very true. If you ever notice, if you watch them, that's what they're real bad at. It's nice to get the win and go back home for game seven. It was kind of the end of a shift. And oh, this is his goal. And O'Brien gave me the puck and told me to go. I don't like this O'Brien shit. Call him factor right. or call him nothing. <laughs> um... And told me to go. I was tired, and I saw an opening on the blocker <laughs> side, and I just took a shot, and it went in. It was a great moment. No, I wasn't thinking about the injury. I just saw an opening, and I believe in my shot, and I just shoot, and it went in. So, like I said, I saw an opening, <laughs> and I just went upstairs, and it worked, so it was good. So it was good. Talking about riding the shuttle bus. Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy season, but this is the NHL, and every time I'm up here, I just want to prove I belong here, and it's nice to get that win tonight obviously. And finally, yeah, I mean, everyone stays ready, and when you get the call, you've got to perform, and I think there's guys in here wanted to win that game really bad and go back home in front of our fans. you got to forget about this one. Get ready for game seven. Good for him for when he had the slap shot, or when he had the puck in that 2 on Uh-huh. For just fucking ripping it and not being like, oh, no, no, Ryan Riley, you please take it. Yeah. You know, because he had him right there. It was weird, because on the one hand, you're like, why are you stopping and shooting a slap shot rather than like trying to dangle this dude which he's good at and then he goes in and you're like oh frick i guess if he's tired and if you it's both no, of those. It if he's sense. tired and if o'reilly tells him like go it's like well okay right. fuck it <laughs> just like slamming it i'm gonna get everything i got knuckle fuck time <laughs> Le, Le knuckle fuck Got it. David Perron said, I think every game, the momentum kind of stops there, so we're going to have to get ready all over again. Many guys stepped up. Uh, on getting Blay ready, he said, I spoke French to him a lot. That's all I did. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and then he said, no, I just think he's ready. That's why they call on him to play. Again, 
subject, verb disagreement, come on, come on. <laughs> Go back to primary school. <laughs> and I was really dis- excited for him when he scored the goal. When he scores the goal, he was at the end of his shift, so he's getting tired. Massive goal for us, and hopefully he keeps it going. He's played some really good hockey for us this year, and even in the minors, he put in the time, so we hope it keeps going. You just kind of have to remember the moments you have when you were young. You've played hockey since you were five years old for those moments, and he made the best of it. I don't think he felt the heat too much. It's awesome. It's great to see. We need guys. You got to make it as normal of a game as you can, making plays and finding ways to advance. Otherwise, you're going to go out there and do nothing. Like your Blues teams have in the past, David, you should know. (laughs) I like that. You're going to go out there and do nothing. Nothing. Uh, Finally, Craig Bruby says, uh, a lot of good stuff in that game. (laughs) For me, it's even. We've got to forget about this game. It's over with, and we got to prepare for a tough game. Talking about Blay and why you put him in, he said, Size, ability with the puck. We like Sammy a lot. He was playing really well before he was injured and playoffs started, and he was pretty much ready to go, but we hadn't but hadn't played. But he's got size, he's physical, and he's got good ability with the puck. Uh, it's just the commitment that our players are making to playing good defense, reloading, working without the puck. When we do that, we're tough to play again against on Sammy Blay again he says Sammy just has that attitude you know I've coached him for a couple of years now and been around the kid and he's come a long way as a player he just the big moments like this don't bother him he can handle the pressure uh, and finally he says they believe that there will be a game seven even before I talk to them they know that if they play the right way and play a team game we're a good team I liked a lot of our game five there were a lot of good things we just didn't score enough goals you can say yeah. that again I will say that in looking back at game five, and we kind of said it at the time, terrible loss to have when it's 2-1 and you really want to go up 3-2 in the series, but we did have just a bunch of unlucky bounces, basically bounces not going our way at all. They got that shitty backhander goal from Lindell off of Bowmeister Skate. So we've been looking good for like the last two games. Mm-hmm. I know they don't believe momentum, I know the Jets won two in a row and looked really good in those two games, and then we beat them in game five and yada yada. So you can say what you want, but I still think that that speaks well for our game seven I mean, the good news is if there is such a thing as momentum, we have it. Like, there's no (laughs) argument that we don't. We got it. I tend to believe that there is, but I also don't want to put too much stock into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about the decision to put Sammy Boy into this game, because... Credit where it's due, that is a ballsy friggin' decision by Craig Berube. I mean, I realize that in theory it's like your 12th forward that you're changing out, but to put in a guy who hasn't played in the playoffs ever mm-hmm. and hasn't played at all in two months for a guy who, while he's been kind of crappy lately, has played in the last you know five or six of your playoff games and has been... Um, a playoff, a big playoff performer in the past. He was our second leading scorer when we went uh, on the long run three years ago. That's a ballsy decision, and I kind of like Craig Berube. I mean, I think there are still things I don't love about the way he coaches. Oh no, but the he's dude, turned you. The the dude doesn't like. He doesn't waffle. 
You know, he may, he has the guts to, mm-hmm. to he, he goes with his gut, for lack of a better term. And he tends to, it pays off for him a lot. And I, I do have to respect that. I don't know that either of his predecessors would have trusted a total rookie to step into this game. I think uh, if they'd made any move not. at all, they would have gone with more of a Sanford type or something like that. Somebody who had, had at least been around. <laughs> Or even like a Chris Thorburn or something. Actually, you're right. I'm surprised that they didn't go the Samford route. Yeah. Maybe because they'd already tried him, not in not this series, separate. but yeah, at least against the Jets. Uh-huh. Uh, Sammy Blay actually ended up with more ice time than Vince Dunn, Robert Thomas, and Pat Maroon. He I played, mean, the dude earned it. He though, played 12 minutes, know? 19 seconds. He played up the lineup with O'Reilly for a while there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, no, he looked really good. He's kind of one of those guys that, is a I'd say just a solid, or you hope to be like a solid sort of third line-ish player, where it's like you can move him up a little bit, you can just kind of plug him in where you need to, and he's super physical. I mean, I always forget that, maybe because of his personality. He mm. just doesn't, I don't know, I just never think of French-Canadian players as like, that guy's going to hit, like ever. And there yeah. are some goon French-Canadians, and I'm still like, nah, I'm not going to hit. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, like you said, he had like nine hits this game, probably ended up with more. Yeah, this dude. He's a factor in the game. This dude was drafted in the sixth round in 2014, I want to say, but he was drafted at five nine one sixty five, and now he's six mm-hmm. one or two two oh five. Like that's a totally different human being. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, he's grown into that body where he hasn't lost the skill that maybe made him interesting as a shrimpy Victoriaville Tigre. I don't know if they pronounce it that way or just pronounce oh, it Tiger, but I'm it's sure spelled it's Tigre. Tigre. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why they drafted him was obviously the skill. They couldn't have projected this kind of a growth spurt. But he's kept some of the skill while adding a lot of the physicality, and it makes him a really interesting prospect going forward. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you look at all the guys we have that will probably very possibly get, you know, dealt as part of a package. He's one of the ones I would rather hold on to as a potential, like you said, kind of bottom six, can play up in the lineup if he needs to, can shoot you a shootout goal, Mm -hmm. will hit, will make a difference. And I was, as I was texting you after the game, I was like, I don't know that we're going on a Stanley Cup run or not. I don't know if we'll get past game seven. We'll talk about it. Um... But when you go on those deep runs, these are the kind of players you have to find that have to get hot and make a difference at the right time. And that, as I was texting you jokingly, I was like, for, so for other teams, this is the player they talk about, mm-hmm. when in the past, I would have been like, who the hell is Brian Russ? Yeah. You know? like Oh, I can't imagine anyone in this league knows what the fuck a Sammy <laughs> right. Blay is. Like, I literally just watched, uh, back in whatever, two thousand. 14 or 15 i just watched the penguins win a stanley cup and this guy did not exist Mm -hmm. and now it's the next year and he is a a significant factor obviously not a top line difference maker but you're hearing his name a lot and he's a significant factor in another stanley cup run and like those are the guys you need because on a night like this where tarasenko doesn't score and you know, Schwartz's goal is fluky, and Shen hasn't scored in a thousand years. Did he score? He may have scored recently. I don't think he did, though. I don't think um, so. He's got points, but I don't know if he scored a goal but recently. You need guys to step up and do the scoring. And 
he did it here. Mm-hmm. And, he, and on top of that, he hit like a truck. He played good defensive game. Like you said, he led the team in Corsi 4 percentage, right? So, like, yeah. obviously I think he's, you know, metaphorically speaking, the first day, name you write down on the team sheet for the next game. There's no question, you're no doubt you're leaving him in. Uh, for game seven and if we win and he plays well you see what it becomes from there he was actually 64.29 percent course before this game uh, for all events on the ice and then blimey tracing actually led with 70 percent which is kind of i mean i know he tends to be plus course before just because on a line that's good with possession but that's still really good yeah um sammy blay i think that was a good i think whoever tweeted that it's a funny tweet but i think that's an apt comparison a better dimitri askin just in the sense that he is physical and he can score and dimitri askin would do that once in a blue moon and be like oh i'd love to see more of that and while we haven't seen sammy blay do it consistently just because he hasn't really had consistent time up here uh-huh. i still feel like i've seen it more from him than i ever did dimitri askin yeah and well and i always wonder too and and it's not like yaskin didn't get a fair shake here i'm not saying that but like when he came up mm-hmm. he was like our top prospect at the time yeah just because our, our prospect pool was really weak right then because we'd made like the miller trade and the bowmeister trade and we traded a lot of our firsts and hadn't developed a lot of young players and so he was kind of the guy and i always wondered if like maybe there's not that much difference between them but just the difference between coming in with all that weight of expectations is like this is your next great young player versus you know, Blake coming up as like a very under the radar, like this is mm-hmm. an AHL hand who might be okay. Yeah. Is a different kind of look and feel. But I do think he's overall just a better performer than Yask and and I think he could be a real difference maker if you give him an extended look. Yeah. I also like to mention I really like seeing Oscar Sunquist kind of bounce back this game from kind of a lackluster performance in the game before and he got the assist on the Parangle, um really good pass. It was just good to see because I think of him as sort of Stanley Blay like, where it's like these are the guys you need to contribute because they're your depth, and if your depth doesn't show up, you're screwed because the other team's just going to clamp down on your top talent. Mm-hmm. You hope your top talent gets through that and perseveres, but like you know, or Oscar Sunquist, <laughs> yeah, ain't getting the fucking tough minutes from uh-huh. you know Jamie Ben and all them. So. It's good to see. I think it bodes well for a game seven. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead and talk about that? Because I think we've beaten this horse to death. Mm. How are you feeling about tomorrow night? Fucking awful. Terrified? <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean... Uh, oh, God. Trying to look at it logically. Yes. I'll, yes. Yes. I'll take Intrinsic, my emotion out. Intrinsically, we're both terrified. Yeah. Awful. Let's Vulcan it. Let's be Vulcans. I don't think they have emotions. <laughs> Truthfully... I couldn't feel a lot better about it than I currently do. I feel good. I, I, this is, yeah, you're right. That's a good way of putting it. This is about as good as I can feel going into a game seven, other than being down three games and then winning three in a row to force a game seven. This is as good as I could feel given our situation. The thing. So the one thing that really scares me is Bishop has an ungodly record in elimination games. Oh, really? Just ungodly. But at the same time, he's never won a cup, so he's lost a lot of them. Yeah, so fuck him. But his his performances have been real good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I don't think he's going in 100%. Like, unless he was faking that injury. <clears throat> Which I don't... I think that was the one he wasn't faking. Well, I'd like to know if what his performances were in the, you know, pretty much across the playoffs. What do they look like the couple games before the elimination game? Was he playing really well then, too? You know what I mean? Where yeah. the elimination game is just lumped in with all the other good games? Or is, he, or is this like now where he's played some kind of shitter games... Uh. Maybe the really elimination game was it, gets to him. Was game five the one where he looked really good and we got like 40 shots? Game five was, yes, the one where he pretty much wasn't letting up but any like rebounds for us. pretty mortal other well, than that. Yeah. And even then, again, I like to give the other team credit, but I still think the Blues were just not getting to the inside uh, in game five. I think they could have made him look a lot more mortal and they're just giving him shitty shots. That shot chart was like all from the outside. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. I just think like I'm not I'm not counting chickens at all. We could definitely lose. I'm gonna assume we're gonna lose because it's safer for my emotions. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go in. If you're anything like us, you gotta go and protect yourself and get ready for a six of blitz <laughs> from the from the stars. Not a comet or a keeper or a dasher no, no, or a dancer. Straight blitz. Um but uh yeah, I mean I, it's it couldn't be set up in much of a better way for you. So just go do it. Just actually do it. That's that's the key. And I we've think, seen yeah. so many boys team that don't just go do it. I think this past game six from yesterday makes me feel good. I think game six against the Jets makes me feel good. Hmm. That like we've been able to turn it on when it counts, when you need it. And that's that's looked good. That's given me more confidence than prior teams mm. um this might be the first game six on the road elimination game on the road that we've won in a very long time mm-hmm. if not possibly i'm gonna say probably not ever but it but might be it, like it might be like the second or third i don't know uh blues are eight and eight Historically, in Game 7s, it's almost a little amazing that they've only had 16. Or mm-hmm. maybe it's not amazing. I don't know. Let me think about it more. But they're... No, I mean, yeah. you consider we've been to the playoffs like 40-some-odd times. 43 times, 44 and times, we yeah. have only... And made... a couple of them were at least four, like two and two, were in the same series uh, or the same year. So, so two, the most recent two were in 2016, yeah. and we won both of those. Mm-hmm. And one of them was against the Stars. Yeah, we are 2-1 and one against <coughs> the Stars franchise, historically, in Game 7s. I think two of those. I think maybe one's against Dallas, and then the other two are against the North Stars anyways. Yeah. 2-1. Um, and one. Looks good. 8-8. Eight and eight. Flip a coin. <laughs> Man, we had some, not, I won't be a downer, but we've had some Blitzens. In Game Seven, there was one where we lost to Detroit or Detroit, sorry, Toronto six nothing. There was a Chicago one we lost eight to two. These are all early nineties, but it's like holy cow, no way. We had some like some heart stoppers too. We had some ones that were like one zero over the Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. I think we had another one zero or two one over God Detroit. Forbid. Yeah, please make something make some sort of a gap. I can't uh-huh. do. Like zero zero heading into the third, like oh no. <laughs> I believe in the team. I believe in the system. I called it uh, as a seven game series. I said the Blues would win in seven. I'm super superstitious, so I want to tell you they're going to lose to make them win tomorrow. Uh-huh. 
but I'll tell you, I think they're going to win. Wow. Big, big call. And then they just get raped. Yeah, by it's the my sharks. fault. No, whose fault it is if they don't make it. Oh, let's discuss. Yeah. Yes. Go if, ahead. If yeah. the Blues lose game seven tomorrow, it's the Blues front office's PR people's fault. Because they put out this god awful music video of. You know, accounting people and office assistants I gotta tell you, dancing I've, to Gloria. I bet a lot of these people commute to the EC from Newtown. I just have yeah, to guess. Folks, I hope it's flooded. You I hope Newtown's flooded. <laughs> I'm just saying. Chickens before they had. Why would you put that out today and not. Whatever, what it's, day is it? Wednesday morning. I think if I was possibly Craig Berube. I would have said no Gloria after game six, because your work ain't done. Oh, that, ooh, I like that. That's a very hockey man type of thing to do. I like it. But these sons of bitches go the other direction. <laughs> and I get it, because I've been there as like a podcast host where I'm like, well, if I don't say this today and then we lose game six, I just can't say it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I get the, the drive for content is real. They had but to do it. But nobody was waiting yeah. for content from the Blues PR department. Some of those people look dead inside, and that's how I would look, too, if they forced me into that. Even if it was after a Game 7 victory, still really... And I hate to use the word... No, I'll just say it, because I don't like cringy. Super embarrassing. Uh-huh. Very embarrassing. Oh, deeply. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's like, that was, I saw lots of gifts of even, jumping the shark. This is, a, you jumped the shark about 50 times. I didn't us. even watch much of it. I watched like 10 seconds. I didn't watch it with the sound on. Oh, I just, no. it, was, yeah, me it too. made it more embarrassing to watch right. these people dance and mouth the shit. <laughs> <laughs> they made me feel about Gloria how I felt about Gloria before the blues started using Gloria as their goal song, where I was like, oh, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it before the blues started using it, so you got that. They've been up stripping on me. the goddamn fun off of it. Uh huh, you're right. It's a shame. Like, if we won the cup this year, I feel like we got to put a Laura Branigan jersey in yeah. the rafters. Just, uh, and it just says the number is just glory. Folks, we gotta put this shit in reverse. We are right back to run around, Sue. Back oh, up, back baby. up. They ain't done anything sick. about that yet. That was sick. Um, yeah. I don't want to be too positive. I know, I don't want to I either. I really don't. I don't want to believe. I don't, but, I, but I'm starting to believe. I don't want it hurts. to record tomorrow's podcast. Either way, I mean, I do if we win, but I don't if we lose. But I do. But what do we say? We can't dagger them the way we could if they just lost in Game 6, but maybe we can. Like you said, they have to win Game 7, because if they were going to lose, they should have just fucking lost yesterday. I did say that. Yeah, we're going to give them hell. I remember. (laughs) I remember what I said. Uh, Do we have anything else to talk about? Charlie McAvoy. This motherfucker. (laughs) Right here. This short piece of shit. Thinks he's fucking Zdeno Chara with his elbows up. Was it Josh Anderson? Shoulder elbow. Shoulder, you know. Shelbo. One of the pointy parts. (laughs) You got too many. You know, the rounded pointy parts. You got too many pointy parts, Charlie. 
lays a hit on Josh Anderson late in the second of the um, eventual <laughs> elimination of the Columbus Blue Jackets when they were up one nothing. It's peace. a red dead. It's a dead red minor pe- major penalty. <laughs> Shit. It's red. a dead red major penalty. Red dead redemption to major penalty edition. <laughs> It is every bit the major penalty that the hit on <laughs> Joe Pavelski was not. And they called it a minor. And the Blue Jackets didn't capitalize on the minor, but it also wasn't a major. And it's fucking wrong. <laughs> Stop being wrong. For God's sake, this is not that hard a sport to officiate. I mean, it is. It's, it's very on fast. ice, it's moving 15 miles per hour. Friggin' the puck, the, the gold. Disc the obelisk. <laughs> it's not. That oh, at all. ancient Egyptian. <laughs> the disc that is that you score with the puck is very small, and but it's black on white ice. That's right, and there's a <laughs> lot of bodies, and they're all big, and they're cursing very loudly, and I get that. But you gotta f- stop fucking up these major calls. Do you think no they pun didn't intended. call a five-minute major? A hundred percent. Because of 100%. the San Jose call. and because it was the Bruins on the, the whoever's yeah. Josh Anderson. But the Blue Jackets had their fun, and the NHL said you had your fun. N- no further for it's you. It's just gotta. How do you... Oh. <laughs> and then fucking... Oh, let me go fucking ham on Doc Emmerich for a second. Can I? <laughs> because, We're already here. Because they went through that handshake line. And he's waiting. The whole handshake line doesn't matter because Josh Anderson and Charlie McAvoy are like on opposite ends. That is really weird that they just did not give a shit. They're like, don't even give a crap about the whole handshake yeah, line except no, for these like, two. It's just like, what's going to happen when these two meet? And they finally come together. Steven's putting together a great Amount of hand motion. <laughs> and they shake hands like gentlemen and embrace. And if they want to do that, terrific. Mm-hmm. That's on them. Good sportsmanship, wonderful. That one but, guy would have loved it. The Dallas fan loved it. That's true. But Doc Emmerich said some friggin' bullshit. About, I love this sport so much. No, the sport screwed up tonight. They didn't have to have a thing because they could have had the other thing. (laughs) And maybe they wouldn't have been shaking hands tonight at all. I think we talked about this before, but man, a handshake line, cool in theory, like, ooh, neat. But also, the fucking worst. I just, like, he's tearing up because a guy who got... A blindside, dirty-ass hit that should have been a major penalty in a game misconduct was polite enough to shake the hand of the guy that laid it on him (laughs) and tried to shorten his career. Why is that worth sobbing about, Doc? He's like, oh, it's just part of the sport. Fucking Barclay ruined you. You went soft, Doc Emmerich. You were always soft. Who am I kidding? You were always soft. He's like the less interesting Doctor Strange. We've got Doctor Strange on your left, (laughs) master of time and space, bargainer with Dormammu. And on your right, we've got Doc Emmerich, a guy who talks loudly about things. They could have used him against Thanos. Oh, they could have thrown him at Thanos and... (laughs) 
distracted the second thing, but they didn't do it. And Document lives to call another game, and I'm not all right with it. And well, he's, I was calling for his dad. <laughs> that's not what I meant at all. And he's not going to come and commentate our game because God forbid. Well, yeah, the Bruins are still in the thing. Oh, so. I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> Can you imagine advancing to the next round and it's still just fucking Kenny Albert and, and AJ and Pierre? It will be right. Who's who's doing the San Jose one? Not the not our group. So it's gonna be them. Yep. You right. I you wish Dave. Schrader, I wish Dave Schrader was still alive. That guy was way better. Mm-hmm. Done pretty much all of them. <laughs> and then God said, "Can't have nice things in hockey." I take this from you. And he took him. Calling games up in heaven. <laughs> I took him. <laughs> Man ups, rest in peace. Dave Schrader and I took him. Or even actually, the guy that's calling the Sharks games is like a young, young up and upstart, up and comer guy. He sounds the great. The fella who calls the Kings him. game. Yeah, it's that guy, Alex right? Alex Faust. Yeah. Great. Is that him? I think it's. Oh him. yeah, I, I think, think he it might is. be. He's great. He's yeah. Terrific. Go get him. Shit, bring the fucking dude on the Kings with you that does all the shit where he. Finishes his sentences the same. For, King score three nothing, and here goes the game. <laughs> and it's like bring friggin' uh, what's his name from Silicon Valley is the crazy Mike Babcock guy. Yeah, bring it all, bring it all down, but don't bring me Kendall Coin Jenner and Kenny Albert <laughs> and fucking Pierre Maguire. If we don't advance though, please send them to that oh, series yeah, to that dog shit Dallas Stars San Jose Sharks series. Got like Woof. personal feelings aside, that will be a dog shit series <laughs> that no one will want to watch. <laughs> so God, please just at least let it be either the Abs or the Blues, mm-hmm. preferably both, but certainly not neither. That series will be shit. I don't know what we're gonna title this podcast, but I want it to be certainly not neither. <laughs> I thought you were going to hope for dog shit Shit. series. Uh, We'll we'll call the next episode that, possibly. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Oh, man. So so if the Blues get eliminated, this is a uh, Carolina Hurricanes podcast. I like it. Yeah. I'm down with that. Jakob Slavin. (laughs) We're going to have to figure out how to help pronounce this. One last thought I want to say, because I want to say this before Game 7, so that regardless of the result, it will be in the air, and we can address it afterwards. I've seen a lot of folks, and I think you're on the same page with me here. We haven't discussed this in person. But I've seen a lot of folks, especially before Game 6, doing the whole, um, well, win or lose tonight. This team was bottom of the barrel on January 3rd, and they're here now, and it's a successful season. It's a great season. It's a terrific season. It's a memorable season. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Shut up. Shut up with that shit. It's fu- It's a fine season. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you game it was six, a bad season. If you told me coming into the year you're getting bounced game six in the second round, I'd have been like, shucks. You know? Mm. I would have been like, that feels appropriate. And obviously we didn't get bounced game six, but this some of this was before game six. That mm-hmm. was my point. But I wouldn't have been like great 
Terrific! I can't believe we made it that far. It's a game six <laughs> bouncing in the second Are you round. Fucking shitting Columbus me. maybe can say that with with no disrespect to them. Columbus can say that. The Avs can mm. definitely say that if they get bounced. Are they playing right now? Yeah. Um, but come on, guys, demand some excellence. That's so, this that's team so was bad. expected. We were talking about this team as a fucking Stanley Cup playoff favorite to the start of the season. I don't know why we're swearing so much. This is a very happy podcast for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, we we off the rails. Yep. But this team was a Stanley Cup playoff favorite. Greg Wyshynski called Doug Armstrong the winner of the offseason. We were all torqued for this friggin' team. And then it's just the wheels fell off from the very start, and we forgot who we were. And it took Jordan Bennington and Craig Berube to remind us who we were. And now we're here again, and it's great. But a game two, a, a second round exit is not a success for this season. It's adequate. It's acceptable. It's mm-hmm. a, 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 I forget. It's like a B. It's like a B minus mm-hmm. a B. It's not a phenomenal season. Yeah, Maybe the, even a C plus. It's the like, phenomenal is what blows me away. Like phenomenal? Just because we had a great winning streak. Just because all our wins were compressed in the second half, it doesn't make it a better season. I always think the like, journey yeah. was maybe a little enjoyable, but even that's a little bit skewed because the first half was miserable. Say, you have to ha- you had to have an amazing comeback season because to start you fucking sucked. The first half of this season, like that's something win lose or not draw because you can't do that. Win or lose tomorrow, win or lose later in the playoffs, that's something we're going to have to go back and talk about. Or even, like, do a quip show where we just quip mm-hmm. out some of the shows from early this season. Because it was misery. Yeah, if I'm it Doug Armstrong, awful. I'm not forgetting that that blip or would, that couple months. I would trade all the joy of the second half of the season in a heartbeat for just, like, a normal season. Because <laughs> it was awful. It was terrible. Like It was kind of fun to talk about. From, oh, it was fun from, to talk about, yeah. to just dagger but, this crap hole team. <laughs> but to live in, yeah, not great. But it's just like, I just, my my worry is that with this team in particular, you can't just rest on your laurels, and you can't ever say enough is enough, because the minute we believe that, so will the players, and then they will, and then they'll lose. I hope Doug Armstrong doesn't believe that, because we've mentioned before whether or not he gets a different coach, or it's Craig Rube, or it probably will be, that's probably his last coach. Oh, so you, sure. so you as a GM have to be like, we made the second round. I'm glad we made the playoffs, but we have to get better because this is my own. These are my few remaining shots to win a cup with this team. Mm-hmm. He yeah. has. You, I'm sure he is thinking like that. He has to. And that's the thing. Like I don't. Don't get crazy and make some crazy if, trades and make the team possibly worse. But like, definitely find ways to springboard this team you up around. Gotta make or two. the TJ Oshie trade. Yeah. But you got to do something. And that's the thing. If we lose tomorrow, I'm not going to... I mean, I will be heartbroken tomorrow night. We'll be Mm -hmm. very negative on this podcast. (laughs) But looking back, I won't be, like, devastated about the result of this series. Mm -hmm. It won't be like when we won the President's Trophy and lost to the Sharks in the first round. It won't be a total failure, total oblivion situation. But I'm also not going to be thrilled. Mm -hmm. They got to... Especially when you look at... The playoffs as they played out. You've got 
it's wide open for you, man. I know, and you talked about how you're you'd be worried about a Sharks matchup mm-hmm. if we made it that far, and if that's the team that advanced. But like looking at it logically and fairly, like the Sharks aren't dramatically better than us, nor the Bruins, nor the Hurricanes. Like, no, if, I mean it's most. This is our best shot in a long time, and I believe this happened earlier for the Blues in like the early two thousands, and they got bounced by Vancouver. And it was like, Detroit was gone, Colorado was gone. It was like, you can do it. And then they didn't do it. It's a total pick who wins this going forward. And I just... Oh, please, please just advance. Just do it. But like, and if you don't... I, I get people want to be positive, that's great. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. Mm. But the journey was fun. You said it right. The journey was fun. Yeah. The result... I don't know. It's adequate. You can't call, you can't tell me the results. It's amazing. bare minimum to me. Second round coming into this year, bare minimum. Yeah, I think acceptable. that's what we said. I think if you go back, we probably both said we got to make, or especially to keep Craig Ruby as coach, we're like, got to be like second round. Oh yeah, for sure. We like a competitive about, second round. We definitely said it about Craig Ruby, but I bet we said it on like our opening. Mm-hmm season prediction episode. So no, I think you're spot on. They lose game seven, it's a a good game seven, generally speaking. Uh-huh. Shit, it could be like a kind of crappy game seven, in all honesty. I'm like, you know what? They've couple of pucks bounce a different way. Like you said as you advance. A, spot on, it's right. fine. It's a fine it's a fine result. But there's work to be done. Yeah. That's not like you go, oh, same team. Yeah. There's some big for being a team that would got almost to the third round in that scenario, there's still some huge question marks on this team. Well, and I look at like I don't want to go too far down this yeah. road, but for soccer fans out there, I'm a big Liverpool fan. And next Saturday or Sunday, I should know that, but I'll find out by time. I'm a big time. soccer fan. <laughs> I think it's Sunday. But next, this upcoming weekend is the final weekend of the Premier League season. And Liverpool is going in second in the title race, and they're probably going to finish second. Because Manchester City plays um, Brighton, and Brighton's getting relegated, and they're terrible. Oh, so they're like the... And Liverpool's also playing a not-great team. They're the LA Kings of the season. Yeah, pretty much. So it's it's probably going to finish 98-97. And that will be the far and away the highest a second team play, uh, a second finisher has ever finished. Mm-hmm. And um, for the they said it today, and because Manchester City played today and barely won their game, which was like the last real hope Liverpool had. But they said at some point it's been something like sixty five days since either team dropped a point. Mm-hmm. They've won ten in a row, both of them, I think, assuming they both won over the weekend. In that situation, if that was the blues situation, yeah. you're perfect and the other team's just, just a better. little more perfect. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I'm like liver I'll be disappointed, obviously, but what am I gonna be mad? The blues because you yeah. could didn't win like you, there were points in the season where you could have done a thing differently and you could be in the lead mm-hmm. right now but for the last 2 months you have been flawless and they were just also flawless yeah. and they started that 2 months with one point on you and that's the end the blues aren't in that situation the blues shitty history has been checkered with that though every yeah. so often the avs detroit's of the early 2000s 
man, the Blues were always like super good, and those two teams were excellent good. Mm-hmm. And you'd face them, and it'd go to Game Six, and you'd just lose, and it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. If it hadn't have been either of these two teams, we'd run over everyone else. But yeah, like you said, not the case here. So I want to be positive, though. I want to be positive Let's for be the people for a few minutes. Tomorrow night's going to be terrifying. It's going to be stupendous. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be awful. I think I'm going to pretzel from It's going to be heart-wrenching. It's going to be soul-rending. Mm-hmm. And we're going to love every second Time of it. Stone and bending. hate every second of it. Power stone mending. And the scariest part is, if we win tomorrow, the job's only halfway done. But if we win tomorrow, it's a whole new lease on life. Mm-hmm. The birds are going to be chirping. The sharks are going to be nipping. And we're going to paddle them back. We got, we're going to need a bigger boat. I was going to say, that was the, <laughs> that was the only shark-related line I could even fucking think That's of. That's because the only one that exists. We are Sharknado 3D. <laughs> if the hurricanes and sharks meet in the final, it is a Sharknado. That's the only thing. Um, That's true. <laughs> but... I believe more than I've, 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 I said this, we can close on this positive note. I said mm. this in a tweet last night and I genuinely meant it that like, <laughs> is that one of his lying <laughs> tweets? <laughs> this one's a truther that I have not felt prouder of the blues than I felt yesterday at any point because I mean, game seven to some extent in 2016, but they did the thing mm-hmm. that they weren't, that they haven't ever done. That's five true. straight times, five straight times we got bounced from the playoffs in a game six. And then they just didn't this time. And that doesn't mean they don't lose tomorrow, but they played one of their best games. And that's never been the case in previous game sixes. Except maybe that LA one where we allowed 16 shots and still lost you, Jonathan, quick. <laughs> yeah, what an asshole. Oh. See, that shit happens too. But don't think about that. But I was so proud, and I am still proud. But because of that, I think we can just do it. And like, as much as I want to be negative, I'm going to be kind of surprised if we don't do it. They should. They should. I mean, just really, do they it. should. But who knows? You know what I mean? Like, if you feel it, if you think about it. What they've done so far, they just, they just fucking should. should. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Put your hands in the sky. Give the blues your energy. O- open the door. Get on the floor. Everybody throw them spirit bombs. Lend your energy to the blues. They need you. They need your trust. They need mm-hmm. your positive tweets. They need your hope. They need your banners. They need your honk, honk, honks and your vuvuzelas. <laughs> they need us. Tomorrow is our destiny. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And we're going to see how it turns out. We're going to be here to talk about it. In 24 hours, we'll have known the team's fate for most of an hour. Well, that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds just we'll awful to me. we'll be recording again. And oh. we'll find out. But until then... You have any final words? Believe. Everyone should believe. You gotta believe. That's all you can do is believe. I believe that we will win. I believe. Amen. That we will win. <laughs> Good night, everyone.
Smile at what we 